Canto 6, Chapter 5 Narada Muni, Cursed by Prajapati Daksha Sri Shukasat Impelled by Lord Vishnu's external potency, Maya, he, Daksha, begot in his wife named Panjajani, Asikni, a countless number of most powerful sons who were named the Hariyashvas. Alike in character and dharmic conduct, all the sons of Daksha, O king, submitting to the order of their father to increase the population, went in the western direction. At the place where the Sindhu, the present Indus, flows into the ocean, there is a most important sacred lake called Narayana Saras that is frequented by sages and perfected souls. Even though to be in touch with that water was enough to completely purify them from their impure thoughts, their minds were strongly attracted to the practices of the elevated souls there, and so they executed with conviction the severest penances. When they were ready to meet the purpose of increasing the population as their father had ordered, they were visited by the Devarshi Narada. He spoke to them as follows. O Hariashvas, though you are the princes to rule, you, alas, lack in experience. How can you, if none of you has insight in the temporality, the finality of the worldly affair, beget offspring in service of the truth? Think of it as with a man whose kingdom consists of a hole in the ground from which there is no escape. At his side there is a promiscuous woman presenting her body in many different ways. There is a river flowing in both directions, with a marvelous house built from twenty-five materials, where a swan tells nice stories while something razor-sharp is spinning fast. How can you, not knowing about this, you, ignorant about the creation, follow the orders that your, in every way so experienced father, thought befitting for you? Sri Shuka said, After the Hariyashvas had heard those enigmatic words of the Devarshi, they pondered over them with the full of their intelligence, so that their power of discrimination awakened. The earthly affair, the body, was the field of action, the eternal cause engrossing the individual soul that constitutes the basis of his bondage. What would the use of time-bound labor be when one fails to see the finality of it all? Not understanding that there indeed is one controller, one supreme Lord present who cannot be seen, who is not created or born, and who, independent as his own shelter in the beyond, is the fourth dimension of time, what would the meaning of temporary fruit of activities be? If a man, indeed in ignorance, has left for the lower regions the hole from which he does not return, just as he does not return from the spiritual abode in the beyond, of what use are then his temporary karmic activities in this world? With the different things the living being tries with his intelligence, being possessed by passion and so on, he is like a free woman presenting herself in different ways. What is the use of working for results when one does not know the transcendental end to these changes of form in this world? 
When one thus is subjected to the material way, one loses one's status as an independent authority, as a consequence of which the intelligence ignorantly moves like an unfaithful wife. What in this world is then the use of all one's time-bound actions? The illusory of matter gives rise to creation and dissolution, which is a river thus streaming in two directions that for the foolish person flows too fast at its banks to escape from it. What is the use of working for a temporary advantage without having knowledge of these matters? When one in this existence does not know about the 25 ways to look at the reality of the original person that wondrous mirror to the individual personality, what benefit is found in exhausting oneself for the falsehood of material gain? If one does not know how to discriminate like a swan spirit from matter concerning the refuge to accept, when one concerning the Lord has given up on the literatures, the shastras, that inform about the ways of bondage and liberation, of what use is it then to wrestle in attachment for temporary matters? The so very sharp revolving wheel of time governs all the world according to its own rule and measure. Of what use is it to endeavor in desire for results in this world when one does not know about this, this order of time? How can one entangled in the modes of nature, undertake anything like begetting children, if one does not understand the instructions of the scriptures of the Father that tell one how to put an end to the material way of life. Thus being convinced, O King, the Hariyashwas were of the same opinion. Circumambulating him, Narada, they left to tread the path of no return. The Muni travelled all the worlds while keeping the Lord of the senses in mind with spiritual sounds and thus, he inly not being divided, engaged his consciousness at the lotus feet. When Daksha heard from Narada about the loss of the sons who were the best of the best in their conduct, he filled with lamentation had to suffer. It hurt him deeply to see what had become of his fine sons. Pacified by the instigator, Lord Brahma, he again begot in Panchajani a great number of sons who were named the Savalashvas. In their turn, by their father being ordered to populate the universe, they took vows and went to the lake Narayana Saras, the place for which their elder brothers previously had left for their perfection. Bathing regularly there, doing japa, and reciting mantras for the sake of the supreme reality, they performed great austerities that freedom from all impurity in their heart. For months, drinking water and eating air only, they used this mantra to worship the master of all mantras. Our obeisances unto Narayana, the great soul residing eternally in pure goodness, the great swan-like personality upon whom we meditate. Om Namo Narayanaya, Purushaya Mahatmane, Vishuddha Sattvarishnyaya, Mahahamsaya Dimahi. O King, in their meditations to populate the universe, they were also approached by sage Narada, who like before expressed himself in meaningful words. O sons of Daksha, 
please listen attentively to my instruction. All of you follow the path of your brothers you care so much about. A brother faithful to the path of an older brother who knows the Dharma is a piously associated person who may enjoy with the Marats. Saying this much, Narada, with his all-auspicious vision, departed from there, and so it came to pass that they followed the path of the brothers who preceded them, a worthy friend. Properly, having turned inwards, thus taking to the transcendental path, they, just like the knights that leave in the western direction, even to this day have not returned. That very moment the Prajapati observed many inauspicious signs as he heard how, like before, his sons, because of Narada, had come to naught. Overpowered by grief about his children, he almost fainted. He got very angry with Narada, and when he met him he addressed him in fury with trembling lips. Sri Daksha said, You false preacher dressed up like a saint, what a disgrace you have brought upon us. Poor boys, lacking in experience, you have shown the path of beggars. With them not at all free from the three debts to the saints, the gods and the father by celibacy, ceremony and progeny, you have in disregard of their duties ruined their path of good fortune on earth and in the hereafter, you sinner. Thus you have heartlessly spoiled the minds of those boys. While travelling as an associate of the Lord, you have shamelessly defamed him. You should know that the best ones of the Lord are ever anxious to bless the fallen souls. But not you. You have really broken the bond of friendship and sown dissension among people living in harmony. With your false doctrine of only being directed at the absolute truth, you think renunciation is attained by cutting the bonds of affection. But this is not how renunciation works with people. Someone cannot experience the painful consequences of sensual pleasures without knowing enjoyment. In the end, one will naturally refrain from sense gratification because of one's experience, not because one's mind would be changed by others. Those with a wife and children who are honest accept the load of the Vedic duties. The unbearable wrong you did to us, I for once can forgive. But you breaking the line of descendants may, because of the wrong you did to us for the second time, O fool, nowhere in your wandering find a place to stay, have a fixed residence in the world. Sri Shuka said, Narada Muni, who, as appropriate for an accomplished saint, tolerated it all, said only, Understood, so be it, even though he himself was the man in control.